Salty Bible Hour is a ministry of Open Door Baptist Church in Brighton, Tennessee. Scripture is our final authority, whereby any and all church councils, creeds, and quotes are in subjection. Salty subscribers will become equipped in debasing ivory tower scholarly consensus with blue-collar Bible basics. No fluff or filler here, just substance seasoned with salt, not coated with sugar. So, I don't know, we call this like an eschatology shakedown, or, but I think of it more of like what you said after Gip done, got done preaching, is that it's almost like you want a debriefing now, yeah. right? And that's kind of my mindset on it, was I wanted to ask you some questions, because for those that are watching this that are not part of the regular church family, we had Brother Gip in, Brother Sam Gip in for uh, three days, and he preached four messages, and pastor asked him to speak on eschatology, right? And especially like pre-trib stuff. Um, and he went down kind of a route I wasn't expecting. And so that's why I wanted to ask you. In a good way. In a very good way. What did you get from it that you were not expecting? Like you're like, man, the, and it could be anything. It could be two, three things. It could be one thing. What was the stuff you were like, this is so good, but I was not even expecting to get this. Or what did you, like the nuggets you took away from it that you were like, man, that was excellent. A lot of what I wasn't expecting to get, that I, the nuggets I took away were in our private conversation. Gil, you were with us, with one of them, we were floored by some stuff, yeah. <laughs> about some things that we talked about in our last video about the fall of Lucifer. Yeah. I can't help but tether a lot of that to that. So yeah. we could embellish that video with some of the stuff we got from of a, just at our, uh, at our dining room table this week. Like, yeah. But, um, well, it, the nuggets that we took out of that, I think this, well, there's a lot of things. The Feast of Tabernacles, mm -hmm. the trumpets, he lined the trumpet, the last trump with the last trump of the Feast of Tabernacles. Yeah. Looked very uh, responsibly, responsible to me. <clears throat> I've always been taught and I've always believed and I Embrace that the our rapture is in the spring. Mm -hmm. That's a game changer if it's the Feast of Tabernacles in the seventh month. Yeah, that's going to be a game changer. Something to debrief and to consider. We, we opened up a lot. Yeah, I'm tracking. Um, I love that that the Feast of Tabernacles is still in sight in God's on God's calendar. Yeah, because it puts that Jew in God's sight mm -hmm. on God's calendar, which is a hot potato in another category. If we're talking about whether we are Israel or Israel is Israel, yeah, we are the church. Those are a couple of things that come to my mind. When he the first Sunday school he did on the everlasting covenant, right? Uh, when yeah. he talked about Israel, mm -hmm. and I say the first Sunday school, the Sunday school thing they did. I thought that was very good about making that division of like, all right, so you have an everlasting salvation, they have an everlasting covenant. Why would you then think that that everlasting covenant has been ended because there's been this division made, right? Like you have this time period. I know that people kind of have a problem with... The new covenant being synonymous with the everlasting covenant? The new covenant, yes. Yes, got it. Yeah, and the uh, I know that people have a problem with because this is a term that's been said a lot, and I don't even know that I would say it this way, but I definitely believe that you have to admit to um, 
the divergence that, are, that happens from the Old Testament and the New Testament. People said that the Gentile church is a divine plan B, right? That's what Gip says, and I, I agree. A lot of people will push back. They don't like that. On that. Yes. Look, everyone that says that also is aware that the inclusion of the Gentiles is also Old Testament prophecy. It's prophecy. Everyone knows that. They're just trying to give you the fact that this Israelite group denied their Savior, and then it shifted, right? And I think that that's why you have so much discussion about Jews in the New Testament. Because me and Gil were talking about this the other day. There's not an epistle in that Bible, even though you say, well, this is a church-age epistle. There's not one epistle that doesn't directly address Jews. Not a single one of them. Romans chapter, Romans chapter 2, like Romans, our fundamental book for probably 90% of our doctrine. Thou being a Jew, judges another. Like it's directly addressing Jews. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it's a Gentile group. Yeah, but none, no Gentile that has been completely devoid of Orthodox teaching is going to make any of these Old Testament connections. How are they going to know about Abraham? How are they going to know about Hagar and the son of the covenant, right? Like, it seems silly to sit there and think that he's not talking to saved Jews. He is. Most of the church up until probably well after, I would say, 70 AD is Jewish. And the big exception to that would probably be the church at Corinth, right? Sure, sure. That would, I would say that would be the strongest most Gentile church out of all of them, and that's evident by some of the things they were struggling with in the church. Uh But all right, so I thought that was interesting. I thought the five-minute thing that he said on election was very, very interesting. I know you said you'd heard some of those things before. That's that's incredibly interesting, yeah. I think he did a great Mm -hmm. job with it, man. What about the last day? What did you think about that when he was talking about the last day and he was talking about the dead in Christ shall rise first and putting the importance on that? That and the solemn assembly. I, I mean, that was a discussion about the rapture. Our church is going to know these things a little bit more. Um, honestly, I, I was kind of blown away with it. It was very good, man. Yeah, that's, he's, uh, <laughs> yeah it, it has merit. I cannot, there's no way I can re- refute that. There's mm-hmm. not anything that's queuing up or syncing up with my ability to make sense of Scripture that says, no, he's wrong because of this and this and this. And we ought to be critical of something new. Yeah. And it's that's pretty new, a new concept, which I have no problem at all with. But uh, he's been teaching that for quite some time. Okay. And uh, I've heard it before somehow, maybe through video and stuff, but something synced up really hit me in real time when he was talking about that, especially with the Feast of Tabernacles. And I really just kind of paid attention and just maybe I was paying better attention this time. You maybe see, so. I wasn't divided. A lot of times I'm listening to something on video, my attention is divided a little bit and I'll, I'll daydream. But in real time in church, it just hit me. It floored me. And I, I've got to run what I call diagnostics on that. Mm-hmm. Now, to be responsible, as I run diagnostics on that, I'll see Something, I, I, something will stand out if there's something that I may say, hey, I put this maybe in a, I could see this going, a lot of times that's my problem. I'll see things and I can see it going different mm-hmm. ways. And I'll, I, I want to really, that's why the debriefing, I told Brother Gibb, I said, <laughs> I wish I had a couple more days with you just for yep. like two hour sessions of debriefing, people asking questions. Let's really run some real diagnostics mm-hmm. on this. And uh, that would be a great, of great value. And I'm sure he would allow that if he had time, too. And I think like what you were saying, the value that you got from the fellowship outside of the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Honestly, just us going and sitting down for dinner, I know it's a funny thing to say. 
it reinvigorates your excitement for the service because mm -hmm. it feels like you're kind of unpacking a lot of these ideas mm -hmm. with these people. And I'm asking them different questions from even what he's preaching on just because I want his thoughts on these things. Like sure. I just want his ideas mm -hmm. on different stuff. Um, what was in, there was something else that I really felt like was uh, it, it wasn't something that I considered. Oh, he had said <clears throat> he had, he had talked about how, when he thought about the rapture and he thought, well, it could be this, it could be this. And he left up the, pop the possibility that it could be immediately. We write, we, we could get raptured immediately. And for those that haven't heard yeah, this Yeah, there was some humility in his thing saying, hey, I could be wrong. We could be blah, blah. I don't think I am. Yes. But I, I there's always, you know, just live like he's going to come imminently. But um, imminence has its own problems. Yeah. So, and I don't think that there's anything... What does the imminent return of the rapture have to do with me honoring the Lord Jesus Christ anyway? If the only reason I'm doing it is because he could come back at any moment. <laughs> exactly, it's a right. Terrible a wicked and adulterous generation yeah. seeketh a sign. Like if I know, right? Mm -hmm. Question though, I, the, what I'm seeing is that if, when people ascribe Im imminence to the rapture, is it because they see verses that say, like, in a moment? In, in a twinkling of an eye. eye. I believe is what's in a moment in a twinkling eye of an eye is not so much that, boom, we're out of here, is the much that when he does change you, that's how fast the change is. I definitely would say, look, just being completely honest about your own... Sometimes I think I make the mistake of, oh, I've read that book X number of times. I've got a capture on it, right? And a lot of times you don't realize, man, you've missed something 100 times or you've missed something 50 times or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And... I kind of could be guilty of that. Him saying that in relation to this about the change, that was like a light bulb for me too. I'm just being honest. I don't know if you had that before. What, what did he say about the change? Gip said that when he was talking about that, when he was saying, I know you're thinking of a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Mm -hmm. And he said that he's like, that's the change of your body, not the not the, not the snatching moment of the up. Yeah. Right. That right. was a light bulb moment mm -hmm. for me. You said something about a preacher that we both know, and I thought it was very insightful to the needs of this conversation. When you have somebody who's very well-known, there's so much of their work that's online, mm -hmm. you get a bad feel for what you think they think, or you mm -hmm. get a bad feel for what you think they know, right? And it's like, well, that was recorded 10 years ago right. or something. So I've been reading a series of books by an author, and he wrote these books, and it's amazing to me having... I messed up the order, because I just it was like one of those things where it was like recommended to me, hey, read this book. And I read like the third book in his series. Okay. And now I've tried to revisit some of the other books. And it's like, oh, this idea is so much more complete than these ideas. When you were talking about that preacher, you said, I'm interested in him in 2024. I don't really care about what back here. Mm -hmm. What can you say? And this is a little bit, I'm not trying to make it where it's like, I don't care how it comes off. Uh, forget that. I don't care if this comes off like we're self-promoting. I don't think you can undervalue the importance of seeing somebody live, in person, mm -hmm. and Currently, don't think I've heard something from 10 years ago and it's like it is today. That's not true. Those ideas have had 10 years to develop since you last heard them. Sure. And that's probably what it was with what you were saying. You heard it, but you heard it 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And now you're getting to hear 10 years of thought with something and how much more mature it was <coughs> right, right. and developed. I don't think that can be undervalued. Well, it's valuable too that the thought is still has still stayed with him. Because yeah. if it wasn't viable at least to him and his ability to make sense out of things, he would have discarded it. And there's value in that. And of course, with the saints looking at it as well, and we're seeing and say like, man, how can I, I don't think I can refute that. One thing about the thing though, and I didn't express exactly, I didn't know how to, 
express what my concerns were with end time stuff, mm -hmm. with pre-trib rapture. There seems to be a ton of opposition now within orthodox settings that is sort of exposing that. Of course, in their, in their the titles that they give that they're exposing that it's not true. It's not, it's not biblical. It's not tenable. Mm -hmm. uh, Pre-tribulation rapture. Um, I was kind of hoping there would be just a little nugget of something that, wow, you know, like a big key. And I don't think he was even understanding that that's what I was wanting because it's my failure. I didn't express to him. And maybe yeah. sometimes you just got to create that problem that we, we have. Here's mm -hmm. what I'm seeing. Every time that someone, what we say is a pre-trib rapture, that's an appearing. The, the post-trib and the mid-trib guys say, so what? That's an appearing. They, they, can, they, they would say that we conflate the second advent with a, this, this little caveat that there's a rapture. It's in two aspects, you mm. see, and then there, you've got the second advent. I was looking for, I'm looking for that little, uh, little nugget that just disambiguates the whole thing. And yeah. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to find that. I know that doesn't sound real strong, but I've got a reason for saying that because I'm looking for it and not finding it yet. Yeah. But I, what do I believe? I really do believe that we will be raptured out of here before the time of Jacob's trouble. Okay. I think you do too. Absolutely. And I believe that, but in a setting with an opponent that is pre-wrath and mid-trib mm -hmm. or the post-trib crowd, okay? Yeah. There are, there's a big surge of very respectable scholarly people that, that advocate that one general resurrection, and they'll take you to 1 Corinthians 15 mm -hmm. to prove that, and 1 Thessalonians 4 to prove that, where we would go there to prove a pre-tribulation rapture. And they would, there, there's some things that we must consider when we're looking at that. I think the argument gets so, and I'm going to use a term, I'm assuming you know what I'm saying. You ever watch the show Inside Baseball on ESPN? This is an old show, old show from maybe the early 2000s, okay? And anyhow, what it was, it was a breakdown of all the in-workings. It was, it was a show for nerds who love mm -hmm. baseball, right? Okay. This is what I was talking when we had these private conversations. I was asking Gip about, I spend so much time when I'm writing a message or not writing a message, but constructing something and trying to teach it, of trying to build on right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, don't do that. You're, you're messing up. I think the level to get people to the, the conversation, to have this conversation, is so very intricate and unique. Audience shrinks and shrinks and shrinks mm -hmm. for that discussion. Now, the reason I say that is because you've been on a show several times on the internet, uh, on the uh, world famous, <laughs> but you went on YouTube several times on Standing for Truth, and what I found is the audience that's in that audience discussing those same things, I found that same audience in five other YouTube channels. Mm -hmm. So it's not 100 million people and they have 2,000, they have 2,000, they have 2,000. It's 2,000 people and they're running around trying to figure this thing out, right? Rubies. And it's not an ugly thing to say that, but what are we talking about? Sometimes the guys that are so against us for pre-trib rapture, right, mm -hmm. they'll change that definition to pre-wrath. And then they'll shorten the length of the rapture to three and a half years. And then they'll say things like, well, it's before the wrath of God hits this earth. What are they shortening to three and a half years? The tribulation, right? Yeah. So I'm shortening the tribulation to three and a half years. Mm -hmm. I'm then having the rapture occur before the three and a half years, mm -hmm. right? And then I'm calling that a mid-trib rapture. And then I'm saying, well, we're in the midst of tribulation now, right? Yeah. And all that is is a pre-trib rapture that happens 
at the three and a half year mark, mm -hmm. right? Right. And that you you basically you believe in a pre-trib rapture. And I'm still loose on that for question. Just your thoughts. Uh, are do you? If you were laying out a timeline of you know church age tribulation, we when we say tribulation, I know that is we need to qualify that that is not found in the Bible. There is no the capital T capital tribulation. Yeah, it's called great tribulation in it, the Bible, and that's just a generic term as well. That mm -hmm. that defines the circumstances of the second half of Daniel's seventieth week. If we want to be technical, great tribulation defines the circumstances of a time called the time of Jacob's trouble. Yes. So those are, but when we say the tribulation, that's a generic thing. We use that, but you can't get technical with that in the Bible, or you're going to find yourself being raptured after the tribulation of those days in, in Matthew mm -hmm. chapter four. Do you, if you were drawing the timeline right now in 20, uh, February of 2024, would you assign the the tribulation to seven years or three and a half years? The reason I would now, for those of you that are watching this, anytime you're going to see a time given, it's never years anyways, it's days. When you break those days down into a 360-day calendar, it's three and a half years, right? 42 months. So yeah. that's what you're going to see broken down every single time when it's talked about. The reason why you would have a division of three and a half years and three and a half years is pretty simple because it is demarcated by what we're going to call the abomination of desolation, where the Antichrist sets himself up as God himself, and he is the ruler, he, he is the de facto full thing. That's when you're going to have Israel wake up, right? Now, the way I was taught is completely different from even how Gip taught it. Mm -hmm. The way I was taught is the first three and a half years is the time of Jacob's trouble, mm -hmm. and the last three and a half years is the Great, great Tribulation, tribulation right. right? Now, Gip is going to invert that, and he's going to say, no, the second part is actually the time of Great Trouble, because they don't wake up until this demarcation part, right? right? You have Great Tribulation, then they wake up when that happens, right? Mm -hmm. And then they come on. Now, the seven-year thing. I will say seven years simply for this reason. The Messiah is cut off mm -hmm. at the 69th week, and then you have the 70th week start in Daniel chapter 9. Let me, let me kick back a little bit. Okay. okay. Just, this is just playful jesting here. Um, I heard Gip say that too. That's in Daniel 9. Yeah. The Messiah is not cut off at the 69th week. After the 69th week, Messiah will be cut off. That leaves a lot of room. To pray that that could put him in the in the midst of the seventieth week because in the midst of the week, this and of course we can that gets really yes. complex because it depends on a pronoun he. You got after it says after sixty two weeks, which there's already a previous mm -hmm. seven, so let's just say sixty nine. Daniel nine, right? Yeah. After the sixty ninth week, Messiah shall be cut off. Yeah. Or after that leaves uh, the room for. After the 69th week is the 70th week. And then the next verse says, In the midst of the week, he, whoever he is, shall cause the oblation to cease, the sacrifice to cease. He shall confirm the covenant for one week. In the midst of the week, he shall confirm the covenant. Yeah. I assert that the he is Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist. And that's the same thing that Matt Crane teaches, and I don't have a problem with that teaching. The reason I don't believe the he to be him is because of what the he follows after. And we can read that if you want to go to it. Now, look, I'm just laying out a generic timeline of how I would teach this. What I would say to anyone is, and this is my honest, uh, this is me being transparent with the audience, this is not my bag of tricks. When it comes to eschatology, eschatology is very, very low on the list of things that 
pique my interest. That doesn't mean I don't think it's important. Mm -hmm. I think that it's something that's lower for the simple reason of there's things in my life that are more prevalent, right? And I think that it's higher, and you'll see it, it's of much great importance to preachers and teachers and the people that have the most handle, the best handle on it, of people that are past 50. And I don't think that's by, I don't think that that's in an exception to anything. I think that's because you're probably the greatest, the most effective, and the most mature as a Christian, and especially as a preacher, once you hit that age. Right? There's well, something I, that happens. I peak. I'm on my way down at this point. But, I'm, I'm would you not say off. Gip at 70-something years old? Man, I find him as sharp as he's ever been. Got a lot of energy, that's for sure. For sure. I mean, for it's, a, it's honestly, yeah. you couldn't get out of him at 70 what he had in his 40s. It's like I'm, it encourages me about the growth you can see. Yeah. All right, so look, um, this is where you're going to, and therefore, three score and two. Where are we at? Uh, Daniel, 20, Daniel 9, 26. 26. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be a flood, and unto the end of the war of desolations are determined. And he, so I think that he is the prince in verse 26, okay. because we haven't changed subject. And the people of the prince that shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, which is what we know Satan does according to Revelation chapter 12. Mm -hmm. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. So the he that's causing the sacrifice of the oblation to cease is the same he that confirms the covenant at the beginning of that week, right? And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. So it's the same he. The what same did it say he, beginning of the week? Let me find that. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for, for one week. week. Got it, got it. And so it if we're saying that's seven years, it, I guess that's, it, that's it, why I would say it's a seven. But like you said, it's all dependent on, on the he of who it is. On who the he is, the he, he. But then is this Jesus Christ? Because it has to be Jesus Christ throughout the whole thing, which mm -hmm. means it's Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And he shall make it desolate even until the consummation that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. And that's the same thing that's going to be talked about in Matthew chapter 24. Mm -hmm. This is not a good thing. This is an evil thing. Mm -hmm. So, and this is how the Antichrist sets them up. In the so that's why I don't think it's Jesus Christ. That's my argument. Yeah. This is one verse, though. Now, look, there's one verse for Calvary, just like Yip said. Not that, but when it comes to the end times things, the reason why, not that I'm not, a, I don't find incredible value in it, I get to the point where I, I, mm -hmm. my conjecture can run long. Mm -hmm. Right? And I will say that about this. I was taught PCC, right? Seven-year tribulation. My pastor I sat under, seven-year tribulation. I've laid this out with intermittent verts of that every time. Mm -hmm. I've heard other arguments. It's not that I'm not... I don't have an attachment to it like, oh, it's got to be seven years. It's the only thing I can get out of the text. I think it might be. Mm -hmm. You know? Sure. And it could be three and a half. And Jesus Christ's ministry might have fulfilled the first three and a half. The thing I know from prophecy is how it's actualized is completely different than how you imagine it. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see that with even the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Jesus Christ was nothing like what they thought the Messiah was going to be. Mm -hmm. They had no understanding that that's who he was. And me and Gil were talking about this the other day on the phone. I was saying it's amazing how much insight they had. The, the apostles of God are with him for three and a half years. And they never recognize he's going to raise in three. He's going to raise in three days. Right. right. And 
you've got a message on this. Make it as sure as you can. Mm-hmm. Those the enemies of God sure knew he was he was professing about being raised again. Sure. Even though they came before a law and said he's he said he's going to destroy the temple, they knew that he was talking about his own bodily resurrection. Didn't they? Pilate might have known before uh, Simon Peter. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, but well, think about that. The the enemies of God were more mm-hmm. attuned to what the outcome was going to be than the actual believers of God. Right. And I don't know that that's not intentional. I don't know that that's oh, not sure. intentional because well, they're without excuse. Well, when we say this, I, why would we not think that the ambiguities of, of the pre-trib rapture are not intentional as well? Mm-hmm. Because what we're talking about here, really, uh, with this three and a half, whether it's the Antichrist or whether it's the Christ, we could, as we run, as I run diagnostics on those concepts, I see where Jesus Christ calls the uh, uh, temple to be desolate, mm-hmm. the abomination of desolation there, the, uh, desolate, how, your house, not it's not my house anymore. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Yeah. Right? Now he's saying it's your house, it's not your. And in Romans chapter 15, I think it's, uh, I got it, verse eight, he confirmed the covenant in his earthly ministry, which is the Abrahamic covenant. Okay. Paul said he confirmed because I so I'm not saying that I'm right because of that. I'm saying that I'm seeing where the Messiah, which would be the antecedent of he, which mm-hmm. would grammar would allow, um, being the Messiah, um, that's the one. You know, but there's still I think a lot of reason for the seven years of tribulation has to do with there's gotta be some allowance to the to let the social dynamics on the world scale present this man of sin. Mm-hmm. To finally go into the temple, you've got to have a. There's got, but there can be a, a gap of time after our rapture, yeah. which is not mentioned. But either way, uh, where we go from here? This is this is kind of where I sit with these discussions mm-hmm. of. So I believe that how you could group a lot of these guys are right, and I want to make this very clear. Matt Crane is my brother in Christ, and I love the guy. He's a great preacher. Mm-hmm. So just because we... Don't he just, like a 10-year tribulation He does a 10-year, okay. I, so yeah. I have no problem with any of that. I think that all of us are dimly looking through a glass. Mm-hmm. And number... If you could predict, if you could predict what was going to happen tomorrow, you'd be a billionaire. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the predictions of things over a course of 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. So if I'm wrong and it's three and a half years... You know what I mean? If I could give you an annual annual return for two thousand years, and I was wrong for seven of them, mm-hmm. you'd say he's making great investments. Right, right. You know? sure. But so that's why I think that these are very nuanced conversations. But I think that some of the delineation that gets made, where it's like you're pre-trib, you're an absolute fool, right? You're not being honest about how you discuss this because if you're putting, if you're dividing it the same way that I divide it, the same way that Gip was saying divided it, if half the world is coming off of the if half of the world is getting destroyed before we even get to the midway mark, if that is how it's laid out, then what you just think is you think all of that happens in a three and a half year window. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, oh yeah, we're before the wrath of God. Well, okay, yeah, then we're, I guess we're in the midst of tribulation and tribulation is us being ridiculed because we believe the King James Bible and we believe in the literal return of Jesus right. Christ. I don't think this is tribulation. I think there's a lot more tribulation when guys are their kids are going to get executed if they don't deny Jesus Christ and they're still willing to not deny him. Mm -hmm. I think that time, the time of Smyrna, is a lot more 
They're facing a lot more tribulation than you and me are. Mm. We are the Laodicean church, even though I think it's very interesting what you've said about that all being future. We are in the sense of we are connected spiritually of we are rich, we are increased with good, we're the reason the world is going to hell. We really are. Like it's our laziness and our apathy to Jesus Christ that has allowed this world to get as much gain as it has because that resisting influence of the Holy Spirit that's supposed to be there, it's not there. It's not there. You got most people will never even see the glory of a sunrise or a sunset of the stars of heaven because they're too busy inside watching TV at 8 o'clock at night. You know what I'm saying? Like we're completely unattached to our creator. And the best evidence of that is that you've got a ton of Christians who are glad to see the world get destroyed. Mm -hmm. Honestly, they laugh at it. I can't tell you how many times I'm sitting with a guy on a train, right, Christian, and all it is is a bunch of jokes and mocking of how wicked the world is. Mm -hmm. All right, so what's your solution? Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus Christ shows up. He's going to the dirtiest, the filthiest, the most hated. So what's your solution? Mm -hmm. Right? To get a bunch of people that are of the same mutual income of you and y'all can just mock the world about how it's going to hell? Mm -hmm. That doesn't seem like you're very attached to the creator who said, I'm not willing that any should perish. Mm -hmm. Right? And I know that that comes off like I'm some sort of flower child, Mm -hmm. but I don't care because I think the accountability is the same accountability that Peter saw. And he said, judgment must begin at the house of God. He's like, Mm -hmm. all of this is happening because of what y'all did. Y'all did this. You rejected your Messiah. This is what the outpouring of this is. You're so upset, like the temple's getting destroyed, right? But that was allowed to happen because they rejected Christ. That wasn't how it was supposed to play out long term. And I, I think there's something there when it comes to eschatology. Like you and me have talked about this. That rapture moment, that rapture moment is an important moment in time. But I think that we're also accountable for how much... The world's always been wicked. It started with everyone didn't believe in Jesus Christ and was wicked. Mm -hmm. And a handful of people did. And those handful of people by that government said, oh, they turned the world upside down. Mm -hmm. And they were in the midst of a wicked and perverse nation. Um, An equally wicked and perverse nation to this one. Mm -hmm. And were completely ineffective. Mm -hmm. So that's my approach when it comes to eschatology. Like I was telling Gip, the Lord's going to return. Great. I just want him to find me working. Yeah. Sure, I agree. You know, and that's not that I don't value it. It's that I'm, man, I'm peering. Who knows how much longer this is? If you and me were in 200 AD, how far would we be peering away? Mm. At least 1,800 years. I don't know how much longer it goes on. Mm-hmm. I hope he returns soon. I'm hoping that if these signs, if there is any validity to that, I hope that the Jews start their sacrifices soon <laughs> and they build themselves a temple. I want my Savior to come back, mm. but I just want. I want honest hands. So behind the scenes, those are all the questions I asked Yeah, was about how do we build something? Okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's what we were talking about. Like, how do you and me, how does this church, how do we operate, right? Mm -hmm. In a way that we can, I I don't know, we can be good stewards of what we have, Mm -hmm. of our energy, of our resources, stuff like that. And maybe no one comes along, and maybe no one comes along because I'm not a very effective communicator. Or, you know what I'm saying? Maybe no one comes along because I'm not living clean enough. There's a thousand reasons why that could happen. Mm But man, I think there's a lot of people who want truth. I think there's a lot of people that would, if they would have come to these services for the past three days, something would have changed. A light would have gone off. Definitely sparked a lot of energy. Uh, I I noticed a great amount of energy among our people uh, just because in here, it's not a revival meeting, it's a special conference about that. That's uh, good. So a lot of people want to be right. Uh, I think I would. I've kind of 
um, divorce myself from that. I, I would like to claim that it is uh, synonymous with an ego death mm -hmm. and where I don't have to be in the right camp. I don't have to be right. People want to align with who's on the winning side. I'm right about my eschatology. I'm mm -hmm. pre-wrath. That's the big thing. They, they, you know, a lot of a lot of immaturity seems to be stemmed from that crowd too. Uh, yeah. But if there's merit to what they're saying, I don't want to to minimize that and deflect it and say use an ad hominem attack saying you guys are immature. Um, they're they're I, I, I'm listening to them, Joey. I'm listening to them. In every place, if we were to play chess with the Bible, mm -hmm. every place that I could go to mm -hmm. to show a pre-trib rapture, yeah, they're going to say that's that's just a resurrection. The the people living have got to go somewhere. That's what's happening when he resurrects the dead. Mm -hmm. What what becomes of the people living? Right, you don't die. That's all that is, and that's what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, <laughs> so that's what I am. Uh, I'm not trying to. Concede, yeah, that they're right. I am conceding that it it's not. I've heard I heard Pearl say this. Okay, okay. For the same reason, you're. This is what I'm going to challenge you and everyone else. Gil, pay attention. <laughs> Do your homework, okay. Um, and I want to I want to challenge Gil with this because he's so good at just yeah. figuring stuff out, man. And things just can find it, you know. Uh, <laughs> That's that's what I want. I don't need it. But just as you're looking at the Bible, find out. Let's find that little missing little key. I want to look at that. I want to see if there's something there. Because um, you're not going to be, I'm going to say you're not going to be able to just use First Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15. Mm -hmm. to. You're not going to be able to, to, to sell that. Yeah. Okay. We default. It's so funny how we've been framed to see that pre-trib rapture there. Mm -hmm. What do I believe that 1 Thessalonians 4 teaches? I believe it teaches a pre-tribulation rapture of the saints. Yeah. But you got to get nuanced with that. But Pearl said this. He said, all through the Bible in the Old Testament, you've got a coming Redeemer mm -hmm. that is coming to suffer. Read Isaiah yeah. 53. Read Psalm 22. This guy's coming to suffer. Well, I see that there's a coming Deliverer, mm -hmm. it's coming to reign and to conquer and yep. to, to wipe you out. There must be two. <laughs> <laughs> it, and then you separate them. There's yeah. two. two. No, it's two aspects of the same person, right? Yeah. And it's so far apart, 2,000 years apart. And, you know, he, he, this is something of value. He said it's ambiguous on purpose. God never in the scriptures attempted to explain that and say, no, this is what you're seeing. It's two aspects of the... Mm -hmm. Nowhere is that explained. Yeah. But it is realized in real time as we sync up with uh, with Scripture and our own ability to make sense out of stuff. Yeah, We make sense out of stuff. Now, I, um, I think I mentioned this. I was talking to Leah just this morning about it. I said, if I walk... It, the substance... It, the, what, what is the real substance of the rapture? If we're going to teach the rapture, we're going to 1 Thessalonians 4, mm -hmm. and we're going to 1 Corinthians 15. Behold, I show you a mystery which shall not all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right? Um, that's the substance. That's the real meat. That's the meat and potatoes yeah. of what we're launching on. Um, if I walk into the house and I smell something cooking in the oven, and I see there's a bowl, I see she made some kind of batter, she put it in the oven. That's the substance. That's 1 Corinthians 4. I'm metaphorically speaking, or in 1 Corinthians 15. 
I smell it. And let's say me and you have a different views on what we believe is in that oven. Yeah. Right? And the oven here is 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15. And you assert that it's cake. It smells like cake because cornbread smells like cake when it's cooking. Yeah. And I say, no, nah, that's cornbread. <laughs> because they got a lot of the same ingredients. I mean, the flour is in the cake yeah. and the meal is in the cornbread, but you've got the sugar and the egg and, and the milk and all of the other things. And man... Your, your senses are trying, we have to, our senses exercise to discern, mm-hmm. well, our smell is, our senses are queuing up, and we could argue all day long. Yeah. And you can make just as strong a point that it's cake, and I could say, no, it's cornbread. Mm-hmm. Now, what's going to tell? And this is where, this is what helps me with the pre-trip rapture. What are they, what is she planning to embellish what comes out of that oven with? Yeah. And now I see that she takes out a thing and she, she gets a stick of butter. Well, you don't put butter on cake. Yeah. That's the, that's the embellishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to assert because of that, we determine that's cornbread. Yeah. Because she, we're putting butter on it. But if she's making icing, guess what? It's, it's going to be cake. Yeah. The embellishment show, what are the embellishments that the Bible gives us to see? And again, God's not really biting his nails trying to hope we get this. Mm-hmm. You'll get it. I see the embellishments being what we call types. You don't launch a doctrine from types, but types are the embellishment that, that we put upon the substance. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. For example, if I went to Song of Solomon 2, I see, I see something that's being taken out and mixed up that goes on, that goes on top of the, the uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, you know what I'm talking about when I see Song of Solomon? For example, I see the bride and the bridegroom. Yes. I'll give you another embellishment. Okay, is it butter or is it icing? Because that tells the substance, okay? John 4, 1. I mean, I'm sorry, Revelation 4, 1. About, and come up hither? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, and if, if I had to park, you're going to get pushback on that. Yes, that for sure. You're going to get pushback. Let's park on it, I'll say, and let's park and see if the rapture is found in John uh, Revelation 7 or Revelation 4, mm-hmm. okay? Uh because I am seeing a lot of things. I have been framed to see Revelation as being um, parallel, four parallels okay. of the tribulation. I'm not sure they're not sequential. Okay. I'm not sure. Yeah. I've got a lot of things to parse out with that. Yeah. And I'm just trying to be honest. As long as I'm honest with the Scripture, I sleep good at night. Okay? But... I'll give you another um, embellishment. Let me give you an embellishment real quick. Okay, okay? let's go. Go to Song of Solomon. Now, this is um, it's right after Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. And I'll show you what I mean by embellishment. Okay, And also, I want you uh, to grab Revelation 19 for me, please. And I'll keep your place here. Revelation 19. It's these little nuances that mean so much, man. Uh, but in Song of Solomon, you have a bride. Uh-oh, there's something revelatory in the New Testament, especially in Ephesians, that tell us that we're the bride of Christ. Yeah. The church, the New Testament church is Christ's body, okay? And we are his bride, okay? He's going to let his bride, he's going to speak to his bride different than he'll speak to others. And this is Solomon and his beloved, the beloved and the bride, the bride and the bridegroom. That's mm-hmm. what this is. That's an embellishment. Would I teach the church? Would I teach the fact that we're the church from Song of Solomon? Absolutely not. Where would I go? The substance, the, the, what's in the oven, the real meat and potatoes, mm-hmm. is re, uh, uh, Ephesians. Mm-hmm. See? what Paul, Paul's revelation. Yeah. 
This, going back now, let's, let's put the topic on it and see where we land because you've got the bridegroom talking to his bride. Uh, verse 8, chapter 2, verse 8. The voice of my beloved, behold, he cometh leaping upon the mountains. He's coming. Uh-oh, that's the coming of the Lord. Mm -hmm. You see, he cometh leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. Behold, this is the bridegroom, the church talking about Jesus Christ. My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he standeth behind our wall. He, he looketh forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. Let me stop right there. Is what I'm seeing from that is that he's outside of our spectrum. He's in heaven, mm -hmm. coming from heaven through the lattice. The lattice, the fabric of heaven, just like the window of heaven. Yeah. Speaking of Lucifer's fall that we got so tied up in last mm -hmm. time, you'll see something pretty cool where Ahaziah fell through the lattice. You ever notice that? He was sick and he fell through the lattice, and I think it's mm -hmm. in 1st or 2nd Kings. Yeah. Talking about a fall, like Satan falling through that. That's pretty good if you think about that because yeah. it mentions the, the, uh, there's a demonic thing going on there, and Elijah, or Elisha, I forgot which prophet, is going to tell him. Because there's not a God in Israel. You're not going to recover from this, yeah. right? Anyway, um, so he's in the lattice. You see he's playing peekaboo with his bride. Mm. Hey, yeah. see, yeah, I'm about to come for you, right? And he says, verse 10, my beloved spake and said, how's this for a rapture unto me? Can you? This is an embellishment. I wouldn't teach the rapture from this. Mm -hmm. But do you see how this is a topping that goes on because I'm going somewhere? It says, this is Jesus Christ saying, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear. That's where we get the springtime, okay? Okay. What? The flowers appear on the earth. The time of the singing of birds has come, and the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. There is a resurrection of... of that's what spring is. It's a time of resurrection of life. Yeah. So he's... He is saying, come, rise up and come on. Now, that's where I could sync that up with Revelation chapter 4, 1, mm -hmm. and it fits like a glove where John immediately, I was in the spirit, I, or in the hereafter, I heard a voice yeah. say, come up hither, mm -hmm. rise up. That's the same thing. That's a rapture. Uh, but that's the rapture of who? That's the bride. Yeah. Notice this. Israel is not a part of that mm -hmm. because look at verse 13. Now we're, we're talking about, the, look how it changes. The fig tree. Could you what what nation do you think about when you think of a fig tree? Yeah, it's Israel. It's to be Israel. The fig tree putteth forth her green figs, and that's right there with with uh, Matthew chapter twenty four, where uh, he says, "Look at these things." And the vines and the tender grape give a good smell. Uh oh, what's he saying to Israel? Arise, my love. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. That's two raptures, Joey. Yeah, those are embellishments. Look at right real quick while we're here. Look at chapter six. And look at <clears throat> verse 11. The Bible says, um, okay, look at verse 10. Who is she that looketh forth as the morning, fair as the moon, clear as the sun, and terrible as an army with banners? Um, you see, Israel synced up with the sun, the moon, and the stars, and things like that. I went down into the garden of nuts to see the, uh, the fruits of the valley and to see whether the vine flourished and the pomegranates budded, or ever I was aware, my soul made me like the chariots of Amenadab. Watch this. Return. Return, O Shulamite. Now you got another beckoning. Return, return, that we may look upon thee. Watch it. What will we see in the Shulamite? As it were the company of, wait, how many? Two armies. Now, I assert that there's two armies coming back with the Lord. One is the body of Christ, mm -hmm. and the other is the Old Testament saints. From okay. read what you got in Revelation, and you'll see how many, how many, who's coming with him. Revelation 19, uh, about verse 11 through um, 
Where's the windows in heaven open and are coming back on horses? And I saw heaven open, this is 11. And behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. Keep going. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man but he himself, that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Watch this. And the armies there it is. which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And it ends up being the, the fierceness of the wrath of God. Do you see that's armies? Mm-hmm. I'm seeing two armies here. I'm seeing two groups. Yeah. Okay. You can't conflate the church with Israel. Now, would the crowd that I'm speaking of ever be able to really understand that? Probably not. And that's not my problem. What I want to know, if God is not trying to explain it any better, I shouldn't be trying to explain it any better. Yeah. I'm telling you what I'm seeing. And it's just, a there's a lot of secrets in the How about, behold, I show you a Mystery. mystery. Mm-hmm. And there's where I'm getting some things. Now I'm getting some traction. Okay. okay. I'm not, you heard me say I'm not totally convinced that the, that, uh, let's go to Matthew 24 real quick. Okay. Uh, I'll give you another little, little, uh, while we're doing that, just, there's so many of these embellishments, Joey. Yeah. That are taking me to show me what's in the oven without ever having to look in that. Yeah. Okay. And it's like Esther. Mm-hmm. If you can't see the, the, the total layout of the church age, the end of the church age, Jesus at the end of Revelation 4, Jesus is saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Yeah. She's not coming out. You've got Arhasuerus is the sovereign of the world, mm-hmm. would be a, a type there of, of Christ. I want my bride to come out, mm-hmm. Vashti. She's a picture of the church, Vashti. Yeah. Notice you don't see Vashti die. You do not see judgment upon Vashti. She's just gone. Mm-hmm. And now he's turning his attention to look for another, which is that Jewish bride, Esther. Yes. You see that? Mm-hmm. Do you not see? That? Would I teach the rapture from, a, from Esther 1? Of course not. Mm-hmm. But can I embellish what I know about it and see those little secrets? If he peers through the lattice, is he not playing peekaboo? Yeah. And it's just a little thing. Do you see that? I'll show you more. I've got secrets. I'll show you more. Two well, armies argument. Just this yeah. is an embellishment, not saying just what came to mind. I think it is interesting that you have Esther, which we show the Jewish side of that. And then what's the other one that you have? Oh, Ruth. Ruth. That show the Gentile side of that. Absolutely. So I think that's a, it is an interesting dichotomy that you've kind and of when you get there. to the end of Ruth, just to show two more at, at the end of that, and I'll paraphrase so we don't mm-hmm. spend too much time looking. At the end of that thing, Boaz is a picture of Christ, mm-hmm. and he wants uh, to marry that girl. But what does he go? To a kinsman nearer than himself. Mm-hmm. That's a picture of Christ going to the Father. What did that near kinsman say? He says, I cannot marry her lest I mar my own inheritance. And if you go to Deuteronomy, I think it's chapter 32, I think, mm-hmm. uh, verse 4 perhaps, um, you'll find Deuteronomy 32, 4, and let me verify that. Just take your time. I'll go back to you in a moment. Um, Bible says, God says, Jacob is my inheritance. That's good. That's very good, Kirby. Mm-hmm. So when you see those things, now notice how slow we've got to land. Mm-hmm. How could you in real time ever... You know, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Mm-hmm. I want to I have a gotcha moment. I'm right. We're the winning yeah. side. You've got to really land with stuff like that and let it yeah. marinate, okay? These embellishments mean something, but I'm glad you brought up Ruth. Uh, does it say, Jacob, right here? I'm, I'm guessing. Is it Deuteronomy 32, verse 4? What is it? Does it say anything about Jacob being my inheritance? Okay, 29, verse 4, maybe? Let's try. I'm flailing, dude. I can look it up. Uh, yeah, I think it, it's... Um, <laughs> and it's... I guess it is. Since I quoted it, I better be able to say it's there. But it's uh, it might be twenty nine four. Yet the Lord hath not given you a heart to perceive and eyes to see. Yeah, that's not it. 
It's not 32-4? 32-4. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment of God of truth and without any... You're going to make me have to find that now. Hold on. I'm, I've got a, I think I've got a note in Ruth. Joey, I'm bogging it's down. 32-9. 32-9? For the Lord's portion is his people, and Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. Ah, that's it. That's it. It's not 32-4. It's 32-9. Thank you, Joey. Okay, but there's another one that says there's something else that's even stronger than that. Uh, but that's fine. That's enough. If that's all you had, that's enough. But there's a there's there's many others that, that, that tether the inheritance of God to Jacob based upon Abraham's Amen. faith. You can't, you know, and once you start conflating Israel and the church, man, everything's fair game. Mm -hmm. Who are the elect? You know, of Matthew 24. Uh, so with that being said, where was I going? You're going Matthew 24. You had something. Yeah, you had Matthew to say. 24. Just for a second, uh, go to Matthew 24, which covers the scope of the Olivet discourse and future stuff. Okay, mm -hmm. and uh, but and, and Brother Gip, and he may very well be right. I'm certainly not trying to thwart anything that he. I'm just saying there's you you run your own diagnostics is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Okay, because the Bible says. In verse 29, this is what the pre-wrath crowd loves to do. They love to say, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be dark, and they tether that to the Revelation 6 and other places, uh, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Uh, then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect. Now, what are they elect? So many things that are tied mm -hmm. to this. So much baggage, man. If you've got bad theological packaging, man, you, who knows where you'll go with this from the four winds, from the one end of heaven to, to the other. Someone's going to say that's a rapture. It may be, or it just may be a gathering. It doesn't say it's. It doesn't. Say, you could the same with the wording from one end of heaven to the other could just simply be the earth is is synonymous with heaven all through your Old Testament. It's called heaven in Deuteronomy. Are you aware of that? Yeah. It's, it's called. I mean, it's just um, the, any either way. Um, let, I hope it is a rapture. Yeah. I hope it is a rapture. That's what I want. You know why? If that's a rapture. Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry. Let's say that is a rapture. Let's say somebody wants to say that's our rapture. You're the church. You're going through half the, you're going through the tribulation before wrath, and we're going to yeah. get you out of here. Okay? If it is, we got a problem because 1 Corinthians 15, he speaks of the rapture mm -hmm. and says, Behold, I show you a what? Mystery. Buddy, if that's our rapture of the church, it's not a mystery. Mm -hmm. Paul. It's saying, I'm showing you a mystery. Wait a minute, Paul, we already know about that. Yeah. So if it, is that sinking up? I know, I, I, I get, I, I think that I know, I think I know the argument that's being made on the other side. And I think I know the error. Tell me what it is. All right, so here's the error that's being made. And obviously we've discussed this at nauseum. I don't know. I don't know how much we've put on tape about this, so maybe I shouldn't say that. The way that you position and view Israel is probably more dependent on where you land on end time stuff than anything. Because of you and me, and I think a multitude of Bible scholars are going to say, God is absolutely going to restore these people at some point, mm -hmm. right? The point of the tribulation is Israel. I don't know how you read Revelation and don't get that. The point is to put that people through the furnace 
and bring out the remnant. Mm -hmm. Why is there 144,000? Why is there a 12,000 multiple of 12 that's going to the 12 tribes? Mm -hmm. Why would, what 12 tribes? Show them to me. Show mm -hmm. me, show me Issachar. You know, show me that, you know what I'm saying? There's not, for most of human history. In fairness, can I tell you what that crowd will say? Go ahead. I say that's resurrected Old Testament tribes. Okay. That's what they're, they've got to have something to do with that. And in fairness, that's what they will say. Then it's time for more diagnostics. Isn't an answer, and like, this is the thing. When you become captivated, anyone can do this. This is true of me, true of all people. So I'm not saying something to be, uh, to make an attack. When you become captivated by an idea, you will, you will search for it. There are people in these debate dynamics, they're really just searching for answers to support what they already think, right? And because they're searching for answers to support what they already think, they're not searching for answers. They're searching mm -hmm. for confirmation, Yeah. right? Every time a Calvinist debates with a Bible believer, all it's the same thing that Gibson does. Everyone who's on that side, they praise him. Oh, you destroyed him. And then everyone who's on the other side, oh, you did a great job. And, any, and if you've got an honest outward observer, you can say, yep, uh, that Calvinist is wrong, but he won the debate. Mm -hmm. Yep, that Calvinist was, uh, yep, that Bible believer was right, but he lost the debate, right? Mm -hmm. If you've got any sort of outside jurisdiction on it all where you're not captivated by the ideas or you're not searching for confirmation, mm -hmm. right? I think that if I'm looking at this the way that the Bible lays it out, and I think there's a bunch of verses to run to show that this people of Israel will be restored, that covenant is going to be what was supposed to happen after Jesus Christ was going to die no matter what. It didn't have to be the Jews that put him on the cross. And guess what? The tribulation was probably going to happen no matter what. That was probably going to start no matter what, right? I guarantee you. All of yeah. these things were going to unfold, okay, that have been predicted before Scripture. And they, could, they would have done it. They were supposed to have been. When we say plan B, they were supposed to have, have played out in real time mm -hmm. with no gap in that week. Yes. And so these things that you're seeing, Old Testament and New Testament, you're getting, like you said, is it was the mountain peaks of the church, right? They saw all of these events happening as once, and they could have happened as once. Well, the once. mountain peaks of prophecy, the church being the yes, valley, the valley. between the exactly. Uh huh. And so I think that what you're getting is Jesus Christ is telling his disciples, and he's not telling them he's God. He's not telling them, like, oh, you need to know this, right? Because what does he say when we get to the abomination of desolation? Let him that readeth understand. That's scripture. That's that's good. That's inspired scripture. That's what get brought up. That was so good. Yeah. It's like who's supposed to be reading this? Mm -hmm. Right? Somebody's going. Some Jews going to pick this up in the tribulation. So the inspired word of God that's yeah. been preserved for two thousand years mm -hmm. made sure that there was a parenthetical statement mm -hmm. in there. Hey, whoever reads this, whoever reads this, right. understand it. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So I guess the immediacy of it wasn't when it was written. Like you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? Anyhow, well. I have something else that happened with Brother Gip, and you were at the table with us. We were sitting there, and um, I'm so glad to get closure with this because, I mean, he's a strong Bible student for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I greatly respect. I've had what I would call a very divergent view of First Thessalonians. Um, I'm sorry, is it, no, Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Okay. The man of sin, the day of Christ mm -hmm. is at hand. No, it's uh, the man of sin must first be revealed. Mm-hmm. I believe that he could be revealed now. That's different than that wicked being revealed later. Okay. Gip believes the same thing and taught it just like I've seen that with never harmonizing and no collusion with him or any other man. I'm glad that the Holy Spirit allowed me to see that and has allowed Brother Gip to see that. Yeah. For example, let's embellish it for a moment. 
we're at the Last Supper, Matthew 26. Or I think that this account may be John 13's account. Okay. Everybody's at the table. Is the man of sin revealed that day at the table? Judas being the man of yeah. sin, he said, who's going to, it's the one that dips the up. Who saw it? Who's the one that knew? Christ. Well, and somebody laying on his bosom. John. He's, he's the bride of Christ. We're going right back to that bride. Are we the church? We're the bride. Mm -hmm. Look, if we're all sitting at the table and say, who is it? I, everyone, I, my curiosity is peaked. Simon Peter, is it I, Lord? Mm -hmm. John, is it, I mean, is it I, Lord? Is uh, Andrew, James, is it going to be me, Lord? Who, who's going to betray you? Yeah. It's going to be the one that kind of dips his yeah. uh, bread in the sop there. Yeah. Peter is going to be a picture of Israel. There's no doubt about that. How would we know that? Because he is the minister. He is he's commissioned to the circumcision. Mm -hmm. He is. There's no. I wouldn't have to sell that to you. No. Else. Okay. Who's the bride of Christ? Who's the disciple whom Jesus loved? Yeah, it's John. It's revealed. Then the man of sin is revealed. The question in Second Thessalonians is not that the man of sin must be revealed. He can't come to the man of sin. revealed to who is the big question. Yeah. You see, and look. You might the church might sync up with it as a political figure. You understand who mm -hmm. it is. Not it may be. Let's put an. I don't want to put a name out there. It could be let's say Barack Obama. Yeah. Okay. Whatever it is, mm -hmm. he's been revealed as the man of sin. We say that's just a man. You see, he's already revealed. That's all that has to happen before the rapture come gets out. Of there. I hope that makes sense to you. Yeah. No, I think it does. I think that like you were talking about with there's something. All right. So there's something going on. During that time and with all of this stuff. So when, when I'm envisioning, just like a Jew, a Jew is envisioning the physical return of Elijah, right? And then who is Elijah? John. He's John the John Baptist. John the Baptist, yeah. When is John the Baptist Elijah, though? Because he starts his ministry as Elijah for all of that time. And it's not until almost his entire death. It's not until his death mm -hmm. that you get it revealed that he is, in fact, Elijah. Mm -hmm. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like... The apostles have no, they know, oh, I know John, but mm -hmm. I don't know that he's Elijah, right? right? Mm -hmm. And the same thing, the man of sin, like I've heard several people teach that the Antichrist is going to be resurrected Judas, right? Have you heard that te teaching before? Because yeah. he, it says he goes to his own place. Now, the guy died, all right? He, he died. I don't think that's his. I think that in a certain, he could have fulfilled a certain role, right? If that had been the time... He would have fulfilled a certain role. And you get those types all throughout time. Mm -hmm. Hitler could have absolutely been the Antichrist sure. if that had been the time. A dozen right? other men could have. And a dozen been. other men could have been, right? right? And so I think that you have those things that you're seeing. If I'm negating the fact of what the purpose of the tribulation is, which is to restore Israel, right, and to purify Israel, then I don't understand. You would the, the biggest problem, it's the same thing that we talked about with the fallen devil in the garden, Right, that's the obstacle to overcome. That has that has to be overcome and understood. The obstacle that has to be overcome and understood to eliminate the restoration of Israel is why is God putting His church through the tribulation? What's the point of it? Right, you're not going to get any more saved than you are now. Our, you're not going to get yeah. any more righteous mm -hmm. than you are now. Right, the church because my righteousness yeah. is based on Jesus Christ's sacrifice. So what's the point of putting the church through tribulation? Mm -hmm. Also. This is a thought that I don't know if you've ever considered this. There has only been one group of people ever looking for a Christ. Mm -hmm. And it right. wasn't Gentiles. Okay. He can't be the Antichrist to the world. Right. He has to be the Antichrist to one group of people. Who That's is good. Yeah, it's you. the Jews. 
So there's no such thing as an antichrist to the Gentile world. Right. There is one antichrist, and that is someone who is saying, I'm Messiah, to a bunch of Jews. Mm -hmm. Those are the only people that are going to be deceived by that. Sure, sure, that's good. So I think that there's something there where it's like you're not putting, you have such an attachment to make Israel divorce of all future blessings, right? Yeah. For whatever reason, it could be what you're convinced of. It could be some of the readings in the <clears throat> New Testament that are trying to explain the spiritual <coughs> kingdom of God, and you're inflating those to Old Testament promises. Whatever it is that you've made an attachment, but because you've made that decision that God's done with Israel, then you're going to misunderstand it everything else that comes along with mm -hmm. this. And even in Matthew 24, I'm not reading it like it doesn't apply, but who is God dealing with in the, this passage? The elect. <laughs> right? Right. So what would have happened before the start of the... Like, if, if you could play it out, Jesus Christ is, read from, is risen from the dead as the first fruits. Then what happens? Um, A bunch of graves are opened, and what happens? Wait a minute, playing it out how? All right. I'm playing this out like there is no church. Israel accepts their people. Jesus Christ dies. He's the Savior of the whole world, right? I think I would, I would think this, though. By the time he dies, there is a church. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put away the Gentile aspect of I would be able to do better if it was before. Let's, let, can we go back up a little bit before to his martyrdom or his, his crucifixion? Okay. Does, because I could play it out much stronger going back there. Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm saying yeah. the Jews don't kill Jesus. Right. They accept him. Jews don't kill Jesus. Jesus dies anyway, okay. right? Here so Jesus dies anyway. Then he's resurrected three days later. The dead in Christ rise, right? That's what happens. The graves are open and the dead in Christ rise when Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Right. We've talked about Acts 7 being a pivotal moment that the Jews could have accepted him in Acts 7. Right. So it wasn't like that timeline or those series of events had even perished after the death of Christ, right? Right. Or right. after the resurrection of Christ. It was just an extended, uh, I guess a you would say, period of grace. Period. Uh -huh. Yes. Sure. So all of that could have happened. Well, who would have theoretically been the Antichrist? Who would have theoretically, how would have the tribulation played out? What what events would have unfolded? You would have had, I think you would have had Judas being a part of the Antichrist working in tandem with who, who would be the beast or the dragon would be an emperor in mm -hmm. Rome. And all of that stuff would be working in tandem together to fulfill prophecy. Elijah's already been here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, you're going to have the start of the tribulation. Now, what I would say is, let's, let's if I backed it up and I made it there. So you think that that's, that's where Peter, I get, James, John go through the tribulation? Well, here's what I, yeah, here's what I'm thinking. Okay. They're still Jews. They're Jews. Mm -hmm. They're, but I don't know about them going through the tribulation because they are. You, again, you got to. And I asked Brother Gip this, and we mm -hmm. brought up an interest, some interesting points. When did they get eternal life? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a good question. I think it is, and uh, I've got a thought on it mm -hmm. and stuff about when they got eternal life. Okay. I believe they were saved before Jesus Christ ever showed up and said, "Follow me." Yeah. You know why I think that. Uh, Jesus is praying a prayer in John 17 about them, saying, I thank God, you know, basically, I'm thankful for those to whom you have sent to me, speaking of his mm -hmm. inner circle, his 12. He says in verse 6, Thine they were before, basically before I came. Uh, would you find John 17, 6 for me and make sure I quote that way? That's a value. In other words, they already belong to God before Jesus shows up. That's why when he shows up, it's service. Follow me. Okay, mm -hmm. I'll follow you. That he, he knew his own. He came. See, he, mm -hmm. I believe they already had eternal life, and that's where that opens up a big thing about 
Old Testament salvation and stuff like yeah. that. So you got to really, really work that thing, okay? But well, I guess that Jesus Christ kind of answers the question of does Old Testament saints have eternal life? Because he says, is he a God? Is he a God of the living? Or is he a God of the dead? Right. Meaning that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are right. not dead, meaning they have what? Yeah, eternal life. Yeah. What, what does that say, John 17, 6? Uh, it says, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept them. What does that sound like? How do you explain thine they were? They belonged to God. They mm -hmm. were God's property, his, his possession. Thine they were. I'm seeing, I'm seeing that they had eternal life, just like Abraham, just like David, just like Samson. Never gave an offering. They were believing right? God for something, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And yeah. then, obviously, when Jesus Christ shows up, they accept him too. They had eternal life just like Rahab did. I don't think when he goes and gets captivity captive, I don't right. think he has to convince anyone that he's the Messiah. Right, right. But when you ask this about real-time playing out, let's say there's it would the, the, the church age would not have would not have uh, been a 2,000-year yes. spectrum. Um, notice his mandate originally, Matthew chapter okay. 10, and I don't want to read too much, but I'll say, man, you know, uh, verse 5 says, these 12 sent, Jesus, sent forth, that's going to be 144,000 in the tribulation, right? <laughs> Started with 12, these, and that's a multiple of 12. That's a value. Yeah. I think. But these 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not in the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as ye go preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He gives a, you know, a mandate to heal and to cleanse mm -hmm. and all of that. Uh, don't provide, verse 9, provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses nor script for your money, neither two coats, neither shoes, uh, nor yet stays for the work. Workman is worthy of his meat. And he goes on to basically say, whatever city you enter in, blah, 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 abide. And if they do not, you know, salute that city. If they don't accept you, take mm -hmm. the, shake the dust off. Well, let's say, and we know they were rejected in every mm -hmm. city they went to, right? Um, if that was, um, let's say they were, he was received as the Messiah. This thing went just a, just a landslide. Yes, everybody repented. Mm -hmm. What would have happened? The cross is still... To, must be met for the, uh, the the scriptures must be fulfilled. He must uh, suffer and die. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it would have been the the tribulation, if we call that the time when you better run for the hills. You better you better flee. Don't 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 take no thought for what you're going to yeah. say. My spirit's with mm -hmm. you. They're going to be brought before uh, before councils and before all that mm -hmm. stuff. They're going to be persecuted. Well, that's going to be Roman persecution. Mm. And uh, everything, every demand of Scripture would have been met in real time from that. And yeah. there, there would have still been, uh, you know, some. I guess that would have had to, the caveat for that would have had to have been the Jewish Caiaphas and uh, the high priest, that is, would mm -hmm. have had to have accepted him as well. See, and if that would have happened, he would have still died because, hey, Herod tried to kill him when he, I thought a little baby boy was just the thought of a king. Oh, yeah. how old is he? He's just born. Let's, we're going to make stamp that out. Yeah. What, what is the emperor, what is Caesar going to do when you say there's a king that we've just anointed that's reigned, that's about to sit on a throne in Jerusalem? Yeah. That's an act of war, man. And that's, uh, everything would have been fit, even nation rising against nation. I don't it. even think it's about, so if, if you said, how do I think it would have played out? I don't think it's about the leadership rejecting Jesus Christ. I don't think that's the key to that. You don't? No, and here's why. Jesus Christ never has an acceptance from those Jews. Mm -hmm. The poor hear him gladly, and then he gets 5,000 people who want food from him, right? Mm -hmm. And then they're going to willing to call him Messiah because they want food from him. Mm -hmm. When he's crucified at that cross, he was crucified at that cross with a bunch of people 
who were willing to say, crucify him and send us Barabbas, right? Mm -hmm. Whether they were deceived by their leaders or not, they were still willing. It's the same thing of Adolf Hitler doesn't come to power because the, Jew, the, the German people weren't willing to throw the Jews in those furnaces. You understand right. what I'm saying? The leader came to power because of the will of the people, right? Also this, the Jews don't stop persecuting Christians after Jesus dies. Mm -hmm. That's not just the leadership. That's just devout Jews sure. who are going about persecuting Christians in everywhere they live. And that's why Paul says in Romans, for, for the gospel's sake, they're enemies concerning the gospel, mm -hmm. right? But they're what concerning the election? Beloved for the Father's sake. That's right. So that's what I'm trying to say is that I think that by and large, whatever percentage it was that received him, it was a very small remnant, right? Mm -hmm. And what happened later on. And it's not like they repented later on. It was only the leadership that was withstanding. Even when saved people come back to visit the church of Jerusalem, have they let go of the law? These are saved people. Mm -hmm. They haven't let go of the law. They haven't let go of the temple. Mm -hmm. They haven't let go of any of those things. And those were saved Christians that hadn't let go of those things, right. let alone the Jews who were persecuting who? The saved Christians still had to act like Jews in order to not get murdered by the Jews. Right. Right. right? Now, about the leadership, though, let's park there for a minute. Stay with that. You believe that that is a non-factor in matters of Israel's Here's repentance. why I think so. Okay, Because I think that if this would have all played out in real time, the believers of Jesus Christ would have been raptured. Mm -hmm. the, tribulation of, uh, the tribulation would have started immediately, right? Okay. Okay? And God would judge that nation still in that tribulation. And they would have had... The, and the Jewish leadership would have had to have been refined. And the Jewish leadership will end up accepting an antichrist in the middle of the tribulation, just like it says now. Daniel's, Daniel's 70 weeks still got to be... Let me stop you right there. What if, let's, let's go back to that, they received him, the Jew, Jew the Jewish, people. The people received him, which they did. The people did. They said, Hosanna in highest glory to God, right? And, but and what percentage, if you're saying there's 4 million Jews at that time. Well, here's what's important though, okay? When he went, when he rode the donkey into town, yeah. they palm leaves, they said, Hosanna in the highest. Mm -hmm. He said when he pronounced desolation on the temple in Matthew 23, he's, he's talking to the leadership. He said, you'll not see me come again till you say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Yeah. Well, they'd already said that. The people? The people, the, the common people did. But the leadership, that's who controls. In other words, America, Americans can be against a lot of things, but America is its leadership. That's Washington, D.C. is America. You so you think no matter how it plays out, so maybe well, no, we should it's say interesting. Let me, let me tell you what I'm thinking because I'm not so kicking back as much as you think I am. I'm, I'm just saying this. Tell me if you allow for this with your reasoning, okay? Yeah. In real time, they accept Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Uh, just the populace, not, not the... Um, let's say Jesus Christ lets them. He wasn't going to let them make him king. Okay. You got to ask yourself why. Remember that? He said, yeah. I got to get away. They're going to make me king. Mm -hmm. And I can't be king now. Yeah. Okay? There's a reason for that. Well, let's say he was king. I'm king and blah, blah. Mm -hmm. They're just, um, and let's say the Sanhedrin council is against it. They're trying to thwart it. They want to kill him just yeah. as bad as they're, you know, the Herodians. Think about what a Herodian is. Their loyalty is more to Herod than Israel. Mm -hmm. Well, all of that's going on. And now you got. Whatever time period, seven and a half, three and a half, whatever yeah. you want to make it. I would say it had to be three and a half because whatever, okay? Yeah. But whatever you got. Okay. Tribulation begins. Okay. What's tribulation for? It's, it's, a, it's a tribulum. It, it is trouble 
for Jacob. Okay. It is to get Jacob to repent. And okay. I would have to say within that tribulation of all the persecution from Rome, which would be uh, driven by the by, by Satan. Okay. okay? That, but the human instruments is Rome doing all the persecution. That's why they're running for their lives. You you, you better pray that your flight be not in winter. Mm -hmm. All that stuff is in real time now. Not a, I still say that that Jewish leadership, because of that because of that tribulation, would look upon him whom they pierced and mourn for him and, and repent. That's that's who it's got to be for that to be. That's the representatives of Israel. Okay, so if you change the dynamics of instead of, however it's got to play instead out, instead of them believing that you got them believing the Antichrist, I got them. Somebody's going that's that's in tandem with leadership. Because look at Stephen. Stephen went before the leadership of Israel. That let, that second chance or that third mm -hmm. chance or whatever you call it. And it does look, I know you know, that it looks like Christ is standing up. Look like he's probably getting ready to come back. Yeah, it's okay. Then, or, you know, uh, second coming would have been there if they would have, they they were pricked to their heart, but they, you understand? Mm -hmm. That's the leadership of Israel that, that, that Stephen was preaching to. So if the leadership accepts him, but the people reject him. Mm-hmm. What, how's that They'll play be out? the ones being duped. They'll be the ones being duped. What I would say, this is how I would say it play out. Now, these are all hypothetical. Oh, sure. We're doing a lot of hypothetical. Sure. Whoever accepts him, I think, gets raptured before the tribulation. I don't think that's even a hard thing to sell. Sure, sure. I get it. And that. then the tribulation is who doesn't accept him. Yeah, I'm good right? with that. Now, mm -hmm. the reason why I think the leadership doesn't accept him either way mm -hmm. is because I think that's, that ties into how I think the tribulation is going to play out overall. Okay. Like, I, I think it's playing out. Babylon is a city all throughout Revelation. It's that great city, that great city, that great city. Mm -hmm. Then when we see Jerusalem coming down from heaven, what's it called? Bride? That great city. Oh, is it a great city? As a bride prepared, right? Yes. Okay. So I think that the, the merchants of the earth that have gathered and the city, the mystery Babylon that mm -hmm. killed the prophets and killed the apostles, I don't think that's the Vatican Church, right? I think that's some sort of organized Jewish religion that is against Christ and has accepted an antichrist, right? And that's obviously how that's playing out. That's the woman with that sitting. It's the same image you get. So you get the woman with the 12 stars around her head that gives mm -hmm. birth to Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Well, now you get the woman with the crown upon her head that's sitting on the beast, mm -hmm. right? That's the antichrist with the anti-bride, right? Mm -hmm. That is pseudo-Israel, okay? Now, that's how I think that plays out. I think those people are deceived by the Antichrist, and then God comes and judges those people, mm -hmm. right? And that's how you get remnant Israel with the new heart coming out of tribulation, right? And that's why you have 144,000 who are going to witness to who? Israel. Mm -hmm. They're witnessing to Israelites. They're not witnessing to Jews. The tribulation has not, I mean, to uh, Gentiles. The tribulation has nothing to do with the Gentile world. Mm -hmm. And almost all of the events of Revelation we're seeing from the perspective of if Mystery Babylon is Jerusalem, and it is the city that's set on seven hills, and no Jew reading that is going to think that's Italy, Rome, right? They're going to say, this is my city yeah. that sits on seven hills, okay? If that's how that plays out, then almost all the events of Revelation are occurring within that place and time, okay? That location, okay? okay. And that judgment. I think that. I think, that's logic. I think it's logically consistent. I didn't even say it's right. He thinks that. <laughs> I'm not ready for that yet, but go ahead. That's interesting. I'll, 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 I'll. But see, this is what I'm saying. Eschatology is not my bag of tricks. I'm just saying from reading a consistency. Now, when you talked about the types and the layers thing, this is how I would tell anyone this is a definition I get. This definition is not from... Um, this is a definition that you use when you're dealing with like... Um, 
types when it comes to like ancient texts or something like that, themes and things. You'll hear several different people say you have an archetype, then you have a type, then you have a shadow, right? Depending on how it's laid out. Wait a minute. When you say archetype, what's the difference between an archetype and a type? A type is not something you're not that talking plays. about anatype? No, archetype is the no, base. Anatype is the real substance. That's what's in the oven, right? No, an anatype is... Antitype is a type that's against the type. Archetype is the base. No, that's not the way I understand that. Okay, I, okay like if we see a shadow. Yes. There's substance that produces the shadow is the anatype. No, not definitionally. Okay. Like anti-type would be like an anti-hero. Think of it that way. Mm -hmm. It's the same, it's A-N-T-I. This is semantical stuff. My semantics may be off because I've always- I've You're thinking of archetype probably, well, which arch is A-R-C-H, right? Arch, it, it, it connects it to the to the, the the shadow being the type. Okay, I'll give you an example. Jesus said as a, as a serpent was lifted up in the wilderness. wilderness. Well, that is an archetype. I, I'm saying it. I'm not saying I'm right. Yeah. I, I'm, when I speak of archetype, I'm saying that's an archetype of of the collections the, of the all of the types. Jesus Christ on the cross. The collections of all of the types right. of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. are an archetype, and the archetype is actually Jesus Christ, and that's an individual type of him. Does that make sense? I'm having trouble with that. Okay, I, I may be. I may have been using wrong semantics all. Yeah, time. I think that this is like this is definitional yeah. for scholarship. It's not definitional. Where did you for get? The, uh, where are you getting this information? From? This would be like you would hear people like um, Peterson and Verveke use this sort of language. So you got it from lost men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm messing with you. No, I'm, but I'm listening to you. Basically, what I'm saying is is that the archetype is the base. All right, so it's the thing that we know is the most true because it's logically consistent. Think of a prototype. A prototype, what is protos? The first, the first type Yes. Is a prototype. Uh -huh. um, so there's a prototype, there's an archetype. The, I can't see the difference between a type and an archetype, but go ahead, I don't mean to bother. All right, so just, look, just the, way, the easiest way that I can actually uh -huh. explain this in a short amount of time. If you took Joseph and you took uh, the snake and you took Jonah and you took a thousand other men mm -hmm. throughout the Old Testament, they are all types of Jesus Christ, right? right? right. Mm -hmm. okay? okay? Those all make up one strand that would then be called the okay. archetype. I'm with you. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes sense. So yeah. single strings and a rope. Okay. Okay? If we're thinking of it as bases, what you're talking about, even when you're talking about the frosting, right? The frosting on that cake might be something I would call, all right, here's a little shadow. Here's a little nuance, Okay. And then the type would be something that's a lot stronger than that. Mm -hmm. Okay, Joseph is a very strong type of Jesus Christ. Sure. It's however many points. We talked about this before oh, of comparison, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But Jonah is a very weak type, right? Like he's not a strong type. I say of he's Jesus strong. Christ. I say he's strong. And his behavior and his mannerisms and all these things, mm -hmm. there's a lot of flaws to be found. Oh, in sure, Jonah, sure. Right? You have someone who's actively resisting the will of God. Well, that's a that's... Jewish aspect of the, the <laughs> right? The Jewish aspect of a prophet not wanting to. Yes, repent. but ahead. that's what I'm saying is that you have that as a weak type of Jesus Christ, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, the reason I'm saying that is if there's seven seals, seven trumpets, seven churches, seven golden candlesticks, right. seven angels, mm -hmm. right? Seven years would tie into a stronger archetype than okay. three and a half. Okay. If I add the two three and a halves together, what do I get? Seven. Seven. Mm -hmm. If I have a week that has to be confirmed, what is that? It's seven. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that's true. Oh, I, I see there's seven. I just say it's, it's split right in the middle. It's split with right. With yeah. parenthetical, but go ahead. That's what I'm saying when I say that. I'm not yeah. saying that it's determinative of anything. Right. I'm saying that that is where I think, I don't think the seven thing is like, oh, you're an idiot. 
I think the seventh thing is there's a starting point. We're all, all, everyone who's saying three and a half is starting from the point of seven. Mm-hmm. They're saying, now I have to explain how the seven's divided. Yeah, of course. Right? Mm-hmm. So if I think everything in Revelation is future, from the time that he says, I was in the Spirit in the Lord's day, mm-hmm. right? If I think everything's future from that moment forward in that book, then you're going to come to some of those conclusions. And I think that those aren't bad conclusions to come with. I don't think everything's future from that point. I'm just saying, I know that's a bigger, another thing. Yeah, that's a whole other topic. Yeah, so much going on. But we're on talking about that. how you break down, and that's why I say, look, I don't even know what we were going to talk about. It's an eschatology shakedown, <laughs> whatever it shake is. Shake it up, shake but it up. I'm interested. Shake up. I'm interested in showcasing several things. Number mm-hmm. one, Israel still has to be redeemed. That's not something that is ended. And that God's is the not purpose of the tribulation, yeah, right? right? Okay. I don't think that believers are there. There's no point for a Christian to go through the tribulation. There's no point, right? Right. I'm not made righteous please, by let's myself. Qualify that. We all have trouble. We're yes. General tribulation is a general term that is not a definitive term for for what Daniel is prophesying. No, he's not prophesying that you're going to get a. a Why a, would anyone assume that a book? that Daniel is writing about an unrevealed church, right? Yeah, I, Daniel is pinning something down in, in, in Babylon captivity that has to deal with the church that's unrevealed. So it's untrue. It's untrue for the entire time up until Christ. Mm-hmm. And then everything that happens with the rejection of Israel has to happen so that it can be true after the ministry of Jesus Christ. Right. I don't think that that's accurate. Yeah, I don't think that's... that. I don't see that either, and uh, there's a lot of folks that will try to reverse engineer that stuff back into his prophecy. And it doesn't make sense that that's how it would play out. I think that was written so that when Jesus Christ shows up on the scene, mm-hmm. they're like, they can make the pieces of other together, and like, that's Messiah. Yeah. That's Elijah. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, they're putting these pieces together. And if you look at what those people believed and how little they had, some of the stuff that you and I are like, oh, that's kind of weak. Yeah. That would be the whole basis for an argument that an apostle will make mm-hmm. in Scripture mm-hmm. based on a promise they've been believing for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't know how it's going to play out, but I know that those things are true. I, I would say that this would be my argument to anyone. There's no point for the... God's not done with Israel. There is no eschatological point. Can you say we are not Israel? Too? We're not Israel. Yeah, we're not Israel. Yeah. It's the same thing as when I say like, hey, I think there's a problem with the church, which is going to be our next video. The solution's not outside the church. Yeah. It's not like I'm going to go to a bar and find God there. Right. Because, people, because we've been wicked in America yeah. and we've alienated God from our churches doesn't mean that I'm going to find God at the pool hall. Yeah. You know? So... It's the same thing. We're not Israel. God's not done with Israel. There's no point of the tribulation other than to restore Israel. And all of the characters and how it plays out throughout tribulation is dealing specifically with Israel. So the rapture that happens before this is evident to me, right? There's going to be a rapture before the tribulation, and then there's going to be a rapture at the end of the tribulation. I know we don't have much time. We've been an hour and a half, but yeah. Man, we've cooked today. One of the things, just a just just a teaser, I guess we could t- talk about it at some point. There's a there's a word, and it's um, in uh, Acts. I'm just flailing here. Acts chapter four, verses one and two mentions uh, the resurrection from the dead. Yes. Notice I did not say the Salty resurrection Bible from the dead. Hour is a ministry yeah. of Open Door from Baptist Church. Is, right that's what confounded this guy. And I'm, I'm going to share for you quick. Okay? And, and this war supports a pre-millennial view of Scripture that is unrefutable. Doesn't really so much. I can see people kicking back at a pre-trip. Yeah. Jesus Christ is speaking of uh, uh, well, First Corinthians 15 verse 20 says Jesus Christ has become the first fruit. Seasoned with salt. 
Uh, them that slept. It mentions a resurrection from the but dead. First Corinthians 15. We'll, we'll look at that real quick, I guess. But uh, I'm going somewhere. And uh, is it first? Quote that for me if you get there before me. First Corinthians 15. Um, verse 20. So. I don't know, we call this but like now Christ eschatology is from the dead. Down, there it is. Or, I think of it more like what so you it's, said it's from the after getting done got some preaching. Um, <laughs> is that it's almost like we did you want to first debrief. Man, we got to do it. Right? And that's kind of my mindset on it. Well, and I we came in unprepared on purpose because I wanted to have the conversation. For those that aren't watching this that are not part of this regular church. Yeah, we had Brother Gip in, Brother Sam Gip in Sometime in the future, however you want to set that up. Three days, and he preached four messages, and pastor asked him to speak on eschatology, right? And and especially yeah, like pre-trip stuff, that are not the same. Um, and, start and he went down I think that kind of a route I wasn't expecting. And so that's why I wanted really to ask to you, really settle in a good way, yeah, in a but very good way. From the what dead, did you get from it of the that you were not expecting? Dead, that means you just like you're like, man, the, and it could be anything. It could be yeah, two, three things. It could be one thing. What was the stuff you were like? This is so good, but I was not even expecting to get this. Or what did you? Yeah, like the nuggets you took away from it that you were like, man, that was excellent. A lot of what I was everyone in Acts chapter four. If you look at such the way we're in our life, look at Acts chapter four, verse twenty-two. You'll see one of them. The Pharisees and Sadducees lit up about something they talked about in all aspects of the resurrection of the dead. Why would they be? I can't help but tether a lot of that to that. Sadducees embellished that video with some Pharisees believed in a resurrection. That's not what the problem was. Resurrection was not their problem this week. Yeah, but was well. You know what? Nuggets <laughs> I don't know what to do with this because the Greek word is ek. Well, there's a lot of things. Uh, 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 Feast of mm-hmm. And the trumpets. He lied the trumpet. Like, okay. uh-huh. The last trump with the That's last the Greek word of tabernacles. Yeah. From. But guess what? Look the Greek very, word for us uh, is responsibly <laughs> responsible to me. <laughs> it's a preposition. It's very yeah. loose. Okay? I've always been so I don't know what made them that believe that it is. Embrace that the our rapture is in the spring. I'll give you a quote. That's a game changer. I tell you what. I wrote tabernacles in the seventh month. Yeah, this is why it's a game changer. Something so important and to consider. Resurrection from the dead is mentioned there. They are upset. They are. Why would why would they be upset about a resurrection? Paul, when he's appealing to them, he even appealed to the resurrection to get get them God's Pharisees to kind of bring right. That Jew that's not the problem. Sight. The word from mm-hmm. is calendar, like you're saying, is a hot potato. That he's coming up ahead of time. That means he's not a regular person. We are yeah. Israel. And if you are in Christ, Israel, yeah. we are the church. Those from are a couple the dead. Come yeah. Okay? Yeah. It's all when one he, the first Sunday the first fruits, we did on we the everlasting of right? right? That is coming. Uh, uh, we yeah, talked about Israel. The first fruits. And I said the first Sunday school. The Sunday school. I thought that was very good. From the dead. About the first making that division of, of like, all right, so you have an everlasting what salvation, that's they not have an everlasting covenant. Because why would you then think that we, that everlasting covenant ignorant, has been ended because there's been this division, them, them, right? Like you have this sleep time period. I know that people okay. He's kind of have a problem with the new covenant yeah. being synonymous with the everlasting covenant. The new covenant, uh, yes. Yes, this, got it. Yeah. Of course, it's after since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection. Because this is a term that's been the said a lot, and I don't even know that I would say it this order, way, Christ, but I the first definitely believe that, that you have to admit at his coming. to mm-hmm. um, I believe that Christ, the divergence that, that, are, is that happens the in the Old Testament of Christ. Testament. People said that the, the Gentile church is a because divine it tethers plan, to, to them that sleep in Jesus, what, yeah, and we which and are I, alive I agree and remain. Okay, they don't like that. Look, everyone that says that disciples why is that important? That the inclusion of the Gentiles is also Old Testament prophecy. Well, it's prophecy. You say 
everyone knows that. They're just trying to give you the fact that this Israelite group denied their Savior, and then it shifted. And I think that that's why you have so much discussion about Jews in the New Testament. Because me and Gil were talking about this the other day. There's not an epistle in that Bible, even though you say, well, this is a church-age epistle. There's not one epistle that doesn't directly address Jews. Not a single one of them. Down, watch, Romans chapter, chapter 9. Romans chapter came 2, down like, from the mountain, Romans are Jesus fundamental book for probably 90% of our doctrine. What things they had Thou being a Jew, judge us another. Like, it's directly addressing Jews. And, they kept that and it's like, well, it's a Gentile group. One from yeah, another. What, none, the, no what Gentile from that has been completely devoid of Orthodox be. teaching is going to make any of these Old Testament connections. How are they going to know about Abraham? How are they going to know about Hagar and the son of the covenant, right? Like, it seems silly to sit there and think that he's not he talking to save Jews. Yes, he is. Christ, Most of the church up until probably well after, the dead. I'm not, I would say, I'm not, 70 not, AD is Jewish. And yeah. the big well, exception that, that to that would probably be the church in Corinth. That would make, help right? me understand a pre-trib. Rapture and sure. that would, I would say that would be the strongest, that, that most Gentile church out of all of them, and, and that's evident by some of the things that we're I don't know if we'll do it this next time, but let's make it where but all right, you so and I me thought walk that was in. interesting because I think that I thought the five minute thing that he said good. on election was Not, very, I don't very very interesting. interesting. I know you said you'd heard right now, this is what it really is. What did you call it? I think he did a great job with shaking down or what about the last everything? Just what did you think about the pot? He was talking about the last day and he was talking about the dead in Christ. Well, let's specifically hit the preachers on that. That, let's the let's let's that be our I, I mean, that was a discussion about really rapture. Our church is going to know these things should. a little bit yeah. more. And, uh, uh, try to get somewhere. Honestly, I'm glad we're going to a long break. I'm glad we're going to get good. one in, yeah, and hopefully we can do one. Uh, yeah, it, it here has soon again on I cannot, some other stuff. There's I got, no way I can wake up, Gil. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Gil's been sleeping this whole time. We're going to have to get this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's going to come in. He's going to get on. He's got so much stuff to this say. And this. All right, well, look, and I'm going to end it there. Critical yeah. of something new. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's a blessing. That's pretty new. Thank you. Concept, which I have no problem at all with. But uh, he's been teaching that for quite some time. Okay. And uh, I've heard it before.